evening and welcome into Brewers Weekly here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. Great to have you with us today as we are going to talk all things Milwaukee Brewers baseball up until 9 o'clock. We are broadcasting live right now from the auto show at the Wisconsin Center. All kinds of great stuff going on inside of here and hopefully all kinds of great stuff going to be going on during the Brewers season this year. How about that for uh, for a segue? Uh, first and foremost, if you do want to get in contact with the program today, you can do so by uh, giving us a call or texting the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line 414-799-1620 or you can uh, drop me a tweet at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air is the best way to uh, get in contact with me on Twitter. Actually, it's the only way to get in contact with me on Twitter. So there you go. Here's what we've got coming up on the program today. Uh, We are going to be joined by Andrew Wagner coming up in uh, just about eight, nine minutes, seven minutes somewhere in there. He is uh, down in Arizona. He's been covering Brewers spring training. He's been watching these games. He's been talking with manager Craig Council on an everyday basis. So we are going to get uh, his take on what's going on right now with the club. So he's going to join us coming up here in just a little while. A few things I want to get into on the program today as well. And I'm kind of fighting myself right now because at this point, the team that is there is the team and quite honestly trying to talk about guys who are not on the team but may or may not in some hypothetical world may be on the team at some point you, you kind of lose focus on on what's actually going on like i want to i want to talk about real stuff and not fake stuff and to me, you know, a lot of times talking about guys who you still want to see the Brewers sign, you know, that's great off-season conversation. It's not the off-season anymore. We're in the middle of spring training. Towards the beginning, but we're still, spring training is underway. Now, this year is a little bit different than previous years because, quite honestly, the off-season hasn't ended yet because the, the, there are so many free agents that are out there. When you think of free agency being the off-season, well, there's still so many free agents out there that spring training and the offseason are overlapping, which by a dictionary definition makes no sense whatsoever, but from a very functional definition, it's happening. We're living it right now. The general managers in baseball are still going through offseason type activities right now in terms of conversations with agents and free agents and all that sort of stuff. So uh, we'll get into it a little bit. I saw an interesting piece. I was just mentioning this with Greg when uh, he was wrapping up Sports Central a little bit ago. Uh, the, The folks at MLB Trade Rumors ranked the 50 best remaining free agents that are out there. And there's some, I think it was John Heyman the other day who put together a 25-man roster, a entire lineup, a starting rotation, a bullpen, like based off just the guys who are still available in free agency. And it was a pretty good team. It was a team that if you built right now, it would actually it would win some games. Like if there was ever a year to just allow an expansion franchise to just go sign guys and create a team, you could do that and be somewhat competitive with the guys that are out there right now. It would cost you a lot of money, but uh, you could you could certainly do that. Uh, but uh, so I, I say all that to say this: this piece that MLB Trade Rumors put out of the top seven remaining free agents who are out there, they listed the Brewers as a good fit for four of them, or for five of them, excuse me, and they listed the Brewers as the best fit for four of them. 
So I, I, I'm sitting here having no clue if the Brewers are going to go make some noise in free agency, if they're going to go forward with the uh, with the team at hand. And we'll get into a little bit of what we've learned in spring training so far. I want to touch on uh, the Ryan Braun stuff as he's uh, gotten a taste of first base now. And uh, we'll see... Um, We'll see how that is moving forward, and if he's you know really able to play first base, and if he can be a legitimate player there, not just a guy that you throw there every once in a while, but someone who can get significant time at first base. We'll talk about the starting rotation as well. So that's kind of what's on the program today. And uh, if you want to join us, four one four seven nine nine one six twenty four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. That is the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We'll take a break. And when we come back, we will head to Arizona, and we'll be joined by uh, Andrew Wagner, and we'll get his take on uh, what's going on down there. And uh, yeah, we'll just uh, we'll talk all Brewers from now until nine o'clock. This is Brewers Weekly, live from the Milwaukee Auto Show on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly rolling on here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. Great to have you with us. We are live as we are at the Auto Show at the Wisconsin Center. If you want to stop by, we'd love to have you here. Auto Show is continuing on. Always enjoy coming out here. There's so much stuff to see, and uh, it just it fills up pretty much uh, the entire Wisconsin Center, which is pretty darn cool. Talking all things Brewers baseball, and right now let's head down to Arizona and uh, welcome in one of my favorite guests to have on the program. He is Andrew Wagner. You can read him all over the place, Wisconsin State Journal. He does stuff for uh, AP. Like I said, he's all over, and now he's on WTMJ. Hey, Andrew, how you doing? Just spent three hours driving from Talking Stick back to Glendale. So, you know, Phoenix is awesome. So that's like as the crow flies. That's not that far, right? Wait, wait, wait. I looked on on Google Maps the other day, and my hotel is a thirty-mile straight shot across the valley, one end to the other, from Talking Stick. Like within, I'm I'm not kidding. Like maybe a couple of hundred yards north or south, it's a straight line across. Now Camelback Mountain is standing in the way, so you got to go around it. But there's like no easy way. So you either got to go up and around on the 101, or you got to go down and back across on the 10. And there's like no easy way to do it. Driving in Phoenix is like, I mean, we we could clear it our prisons and just make people drive loops on Phoenix freeways at rush hour, and that would like do more to deter crime than any other legislation in the universe. There you go. The run run for something and and propose that. <laughs> uh, so you're at. You, you know, you're at Talking Stick, and I used to work in the Rockies organization before I was working in the Brewers organization. Uh, I was doing AAA ball in the Rockies organization. So as they built up Talking Stick and had that with the Diamondbacks, that was the biggest thing. And I know since then uh, we've seen the Cubs and their complex and everything. But as the as the Brewers are getting ready to completely redo Maryvale, how do you think it will compare to maybe a place like Talking Stick? I mean, I don't think anything Matt's ever going to compare to Talking Stick. I mean, what that place is is spectacular. Um, I mean, it's not even my, like, you know, top. I, I prefer Camelback. I prefer uh, Muni, which is no longer on the circuit. But, I mean, what Mark Atanasio is doing with his own money to build that into a, a top-notch facility, and I'm sure you've seen the renderings by now, it's going to be absolutely stunning. I mean, you're not going to recognize 95% of that facility uh, if you walk in next year. Um it's. It, I mean, it's going to be nice. It's not going to be one of those palatial estates like those massive complexes that have been sprawling up over the valley the last ten years or so. 
But, I mean, it's it's definitely not going to be anything short-sighted. It's not going to be done on the cheap. It's, it's going to be a top-notch facility. I thought it was interesting. I wasn't even planning on talking to you about this, but you just mentioned how the Brewers are spending their own money on that. And in a world where we live right now, where professional sports franchises are trying to get as much public money as they can, and obviously I know there has been public money attached to Brewers-related projects before, and people still remember that, but here they are spending their own money. It was interesting that you know, even though they, you know, they had the lowest payroll in baseball, but that... Uh, that grievance was filed by the Major League Baseball Players Association this past week, and the Brewers were not mentioned. The Pirates were mentioned, the Rays were mentioned, the Marlins were mentioned, and the A's were mentioned. I think that says something that the Brewers could have such a, a, a low payroll over the last few years, yet as this grievance comes out, the Brewers are nowhere to be mentioned. Well, the fact that they dropped one of the biggest, uh, you know, chunks of money this offseason on Lorenzo Kane, I mean, you know, not even Scott Boris or, or Tony Clark are foolish enough to say the Brewers aren't trying when you give a guy like Kane five years and 80 mil. So, I mean, yeah, you know, it's, it, it is shocking, though, considering how it's been here in years past. But with the way the Brewers have gone about things this offseason, you know, it's, it's, they're, they're on a different level than some of those other teams. And it, it, that's a tricky situation all around. You know, I mean, it's, it's easy to sit there and say, oh, collusion, 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 because let's face it, Baseball owners have a history of some nefarious acts, everything up to 1947 for starters. Um, but it's tough. And I, I think that it all comes down to, and I know we're getting way off topic of the Brewers itself, but you know Scott Boris used to make his name by walking into a room and intimidating general managers with these binders full of stats and notes and information. I mean, he could have made Kyle Loesch seem like Cy Young reincarnate when the Brewers signed him a few years ago. But now he's going into rooms against general managers who do math problems for fun. I mean, yeah. numbers are nothing to these guys. They know the numbers better than the agents do. So, you know, this entire thing is going to be really interesting for the next couple of years. I am most intrigued right now by the entire equation of both what's happening and what's being said in terms of the outfield and first base because everything's being said, oh, Christian Yelich is going to play a ton of left field, but yeah, he can play some right field as well, and Ryan Braun can play some first base. It, it, it doesn't all add up right now, Andrew, and, and I don't know either, to me, one of two things is going to happen. Either Braun is going to play a ton of first base or they're doing all this to try to get other teams to believe that they plan on going into the season with Domingo Santana in right field so they can try to drive up the the potential value on him. Am I right that it has to be one of those two things? I mean, if it's, listen, if if that's really what it is, I mean, David Thurman's more of a genius than we even realize. You know, I mean, this is not an ideal situation, but the, I think I saw some the other day where Craig was talking about, you know, there were so many uh, you know, 2,500 or so plate appearances uh, for all those guys, and if you split up, it's about 500 apiece, so it works out. I mean, if having too many good players to play so many positions is the worst-case scenario, you got to believe Brewers are going to be a pretty darn good team this year. And if Stearns really is using this as a ploy, as a tactic, man, I tip my cap to him. So, yeah, I'm kind of on, on the same page as you because I don't see a real downside in this situation. I, I, I really don't. And I understand people want definitive answers. They want to be able to set their fantasy team, set their fantasy lineup. Well, too bad. You know, 
this is this is pretty pretty good if you're the Brewers to be able to have that many guys to stick in because that covers you against injury, it covers you against slumps, it covers you against everything. So they're they're in good shape in that regard. All right, so when the all-star ballot comes out, because every team you know, lists three outfielders, one first baseman, <laughs> when the all-star ballot comes out, is Ryan Braun going to be listed as an outfielder, as a first baseman, or not even listed at all? Prediction. That, that's an that's an I, You know what? That's a good question. I'm not even going to touch that one, Matt. I honestly, I have no idea. I have no idea, and I don't want to end up on freezing cold cakes or anything like that. So I'm just going to go ahead, you know, Pretend I'm a congressman and plead the fifth on that one. But the 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 the, the base of that question is because I have no idea either. And here we have so. the the face of the franchise and Ryan Braun, and we can't even say what position he's going to be listed at in the All Star ballot three months from now. And I, you know what? I give I give Braun credit, and, and you know what? He it's been easy to kind of whip on Braun the last couple of years. Um, you know, I get it. You know, he had this thing in 2011, 12, 13, the suspension, the PEDs, the, you know, injury, all that stuff. But to be where he is in his career, at his age and his experience, and to say, yeah, you know what? I will give it a shot. I will go and try and play first base if it's going to help the team win and, and, and make them better. Whether it works or not, whether you like him or not, I mean, that, that takes something. And I think that kind of speaks to the atmosphere. That, that council has tried to establish in this clubhouse and with this team of, you know, it's every man in, do what you got to do, versatility, camaraderie, you know, all that, all those hoo-ha buzzwords that we hear all the time that we just kind of roll our eyes at. I mean, that's all kind of coming to fruition with this group. It's really early to be asking this question, and I realize this, but from from Milwaukee as I sit, it seems like maybe the two guys that have the upper hand right now for the final two spots in the rotation are, are Suter and Miley. Would you agree with that at this point? My guess, and this is my guess, this is not based on anything, this isn't, I'm going to guess, and I'm kind of working on my roster prediction now, I, I would not be shocked if, your starting rotation turns out being Anderson, Davies, Chassin, Miley, and Gallardo, with Suter starting out the season as your swingman out of the pen. Um, because, again, listen, and this is something important that people seem to forget every single year. Your 25-man roster on opening day is not going to be the best 25 players, the best 25 performers in spring training. It's not. They are going to take into account player. If they have a player option on someone, They'll probably use it so they can, you know, get a better look at one of these non-roster guys if they need it. I think you give those guys the benefit of the doubt um, based on what you know about them and, and give them one shot, you know, maybe one or two rounds in the rotation to see if they can do it. And if not, then you cut ways. Look at Tommy Malone last year, a you know, perfect example. Here's a guy people got all up in arms about. He made the opening day roster. He was in the rotation. He had a couple of that, and they let him go. And I see the Brewers kind of doing the same thing, even if Miley, who pitched quite well today, um, if him and Gil have kind of a you know subpar or average camp, I wouldn't be shocked if they decide to give those guys a whirl and see what they got when the games actually mean something, but have a very short leash because you know it's it's one of those things where again you'll take a loss, but it won't be a horribly gratuitous loss. Andrew, always appreciate your time. Try not to spend too much time in your car driving from one Arizona spring training site to another, and uh, I'm sure we will uh, talk again very, very soon. Yeah, I'm going to stumble across and go watch the Coyotes lose to the Wild. So, you know, kind of 
you know, make it a whole Phoenix day. There you go. So that's uh, your. Are you in the Glendale area? Then is that what you were saying? I am. I am literally staring at University of Phoenix Stadium and uh, the Gila River Arena as we speak. Like my hotel, I can. I wake up because the sun beats off the roof of University of Phoenix Stadium. So yeah, I'm literally right across the street from it. Awesome. Well, enjoy the game, and uh, we'll talk soon. Sounds good, Matt. All right, there's Andrew Wagner joining us. Follow him on Twitter at ByAndrewWagner. We appreciate him taking some time with us from uh, Brewers Spring Training in Arizona. If you want to talk all things Brewers, you can give us a call on the Accident Mortgage Talk text line, or you can text for that matter, 414-799-1620. 414-799-1620. We'll continue to uh, kind of tackle these issues that we've already been going through uh, throughout the course of the program uh, with the first base slash outfield situation and the uh, starting rotation. And also, before we get out of here, uh, a new study comes out about uh, some of the baseballs. You know, there's so much of a, there was an argument, maybe not an argument, but a conversation last year about whether or not baseballs were juiced. Well, there's some more evidence that says, yes, they were. We'll get into that uh, during the course of the program as well. It is Brewers Weekly. We're live at the Wisconsin Center, and we're back with more in a moment on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly continues here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley, continuing to broadcast live. We are at the Milwaukee Auto Show at the Wisconsin Center as it uh, continues on. If you do want to uh, join us on the program, you can call or text into the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line 414-799-1620. That's 414-799-1620. Again, uh, phone calls and text messages are welcome. Tweets as well, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Um, there was something that came out uh, from the folks over at 538, which is a ESPN kind of trendy side. It's a uh, they use a lot of numbers to uh, to go into stuff, and it's pretty cool. Like you, it's it gets a little nerdy at times, but that's okay. And it's a different way of looking at sports. And we live in a world right now where people are looking at sports in a very uh, different way. And they did a um, they did a study where they compared major league baseballs from a few years ago to this most recent year because there was so much talk this past year about the baseballs being juiced whether it was that the balls were slicker whether the seams were a little bit lower so it was tougher to grip and even some of the uh, stuff inside kind of the structural aspect of the baseball well, this deal over at uh, the study that was put together, uh, it's interesting because it says that uh, they looked inside the baseballs and they did a testing of the chemical composition. And that composition revealed that the cores of the recent baseballs were somewhat less dense than the cores of baseballs that were used prior to the 2015 All-Star Game. The newer cores were weighing about a half a gram less than the older ones. Now, that's not a huge difference. Like, in all, that's going to give you, like, six extra inches of, uh, of you know, flight in a baseball, which you're, you're not going to get that many extra home runs because baseballs happen to be flying six inches longer. Like, obviously, that's a very negligible thing. But when you take that... And then you take the fact that the seams are not quite as uh, lifted up. And all the base, all the pitchers and all the pitching coaches were complaining last year that the baseballs were much slicker. And you know what? I believe them. 
Now, I'm not somebody who can pick up a baseball and say this one feels slicker than the ones I've been using previously. But here we have, you know, baseball players who have spent the better part of their adult lives, you know, with a baseball in their hand. Or we have pitching coaches who have spent 50, 60 years with baseballs in their hand, and they feel these and they feel slicker. I, I don't need scientific evidence. Like That's all I need to hear at that point. So the, the home run totals last year, was they were way up. Uh, home runs per team per game last year was at 1.26. Uh, that was an all-time record, breaking a 1.17 mark that was set in 2000, right in the middle of the steroid era of baseball. There seems to be some scientific evidence coming out now that something is changing inside of these baseballs that is allowing them to fly a little bit further. And while last year there was a lot of conjecture about it, but no real hard evidence, uh, now this new thing actually has a little bit of hard evidence, and it is uh, absolutely a notable thing. And if you're a home run hitting team, that's a good thing. And the Brewers hit a lot of home runs, so uh, that's uh, if you build your team around home runs. Not that they've completely done that, but they are a home run hitting team. If you have a lot of home run hitters, uh, the juice balls can certainly help you out a little bit more than maybe some other teams that don't rely quite as much on the home run ball. All right, we'll jump back into uh, some uh, more exactly about the Brewers kind of stuff coming up in uh, just a moment and discuss the, the possibilities of Ryan Braun really being maybe not an everyday first baseman. I think that term, I, I don't think we're going to see a scenario where he starts 120 games at first base, but can he start 50? Can he start 60? Like, what's the number we're looking at right now? Or is it just is it going to be something that's a spring training experiment and nothing more? We'll discuss it next. This is Brewers Weekly. We are live at the uh, Milwaukee Auto Show at the Wisconsin Center. We're back with more in a moment on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly continues here on WTMJ. We are broadcasting live from the Milwaukee Auto Show at the Wisconsin Center, which is going to be uh, shutting down here very, very soon for the evening, but still a lot more opportunities for you to come and uh, check out the show here over the next few days. Without a doubt to me, with all due respect to any competition that you have uh, in the starting rotation, the situation now at catcher with Stephen Vogt going to miss some time with a shoulder deal. Uh, the question at second base on whether or not Jonathan VR is going to be able to bounce back. To me, the most compelling narrative of this Brewers spring training period is without a doubt how they are going to play all these outfielders and whether or not Ryan Braun playing first base is a legit option. And let's be real honest about this. If Ryan Braun plays 20 games at first base, it's not really a factor in this whole thing. It's just not. For for Ryan Braun moving to first base to allow more at-bats for Christian Yelich, Lorenzo Cain, and Domingo Santana, for it to be something real, for it to be something that can truly have an impact on this team this year and their ability to score runs and their ability to win more games because of it, he's got to play a lot of first base. Him going out and and playing 20 games at first base doesn't do anything for you. I mean, it does a little, but there's no profound impact there. And... That's that's why this is so interesting, because everybody's talking about Christian Yelich as kind of your everyday left fielder. And when Brian Braun's in left, 
he'll move over to right field. Yelich will. Lorenzo Cain's in center. Domingo Santana's in right field. Eric Thames isn't even being talked about right now. And Jesus Aguilar is probably going to be out of a job. It, it probably comes down to the, you know, look, there's a lot of time between now and opening day when you have to have a 25-man roster set. But just based off the the numbers and the mathematics of everything, it's hard to see a scenario where this roster can have both Domingo Santana and Jesus Aguilar. And if Santana's still around, Santana's not going anywhere. This could still just be a a thing where the Brewers are saying, oh yeah, we're going to... Saying one thing without really explaining how it's all going to work to try to drum up or to try to make sure that the value of Santana, if they trade him, is still high. Because if other teams out there feel like that the Brewers are absolutely going to trade Domingo Santana no matter what, then that drops his value. But if other teams really believe that they're okay keeping Santana, then then his value might go up a little bit. But Ryan Braun has to play a lot of first base. He has to play a lot of first base. If... If Christian Yelich is your everyday left fielder, that means Ryan Braun is not your everyday outfielder or left fielder. And look, I know, that's a very basic statement. I get that. But you didn't go acquire Christian Yelich to only play him 120 games, 110 games or something. Same deal with Lorenzo Cain. Now, maybe you maybe you give Domingo Santana some days off, and obviously I know you have to give Ryan Braun days off. But let's say the goal going into this year is to play Ryan Braun in 110 games. 100, you know, probably the perfect scenario is Braun playing 130. Two years ago, he was he was on pace for about 130. That's what I'd like to see him play. If you can get Braun in about 130 games and he can give you the production of what he gave you last year, I think you're in great shape. But the, the numbers just continue to, quite honestly, not really add up. How do you play Braun in 130 games... How do you play Christian Yelich in 135, 140, 145, 150 games? And what do you do with Domingo Santana? So one of two things is happening here. Either Ryan Braun's going to play a lot of first base. Probably not your everyday first baseman because he's not going to be your everyday anything. But he's either going to play a lot of first base or this is just one big ploy to try to up the value on Domingo Santana. And I know Craig Council doesn't have to, doesn't have to, you know, pull out the abacus and the flowchart and try to explain where all the at bats and where all the innings are going to come from. And we're still fairly early on in spring training, but right now the numbers just don't add up, and they've got to get that figured out at some point in time. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty four one four seven nine nine one six twenty is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. By the way, Braun did play a little first this week. It was tested a couple times. There were some non-routine plays over there. Had to pick one out. Did fine. You know, he's a guy who's got some infield background. I know he wasn't especially good at third base. In fact, he was bad. Uh, but there's there's no reason to believe that he can't play an okay defensive first base. And interestingly enough, he doesn't have a first baseman that's uh, broken in yet. So he's been playing first base with an outfielder's mitt. I would assume that would change before the regular season gets started. But, you know, in this situation, who knows what's going to happen. Go play first base with a, with an outfielder's mitt if you need to. All right, 
620 is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Still a lot of talk about what free agents the Brewers could potentially add. We'll uh, touch on that. This is pretty much an every week conversation at this point. Not a whole lot has changed, but we'll revisit the idea of still who the Brewers could potentially bring in before the start of the season. We will uh, do that next. This is Brewers Weekly. We are live at the Auto Show at the Wisconsin Center, and we'll continue on in just a moment on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly continues here on WTMJ. Thanks so much for spending a portion of your Thursday evening with us. My name is Matt Pauley, coming your way from the Auto Show at the Wisconsin Center. We're going to be out here a lot, and while they're uh, shutting this thing down here in about 15 minutes for the night, still many opportunities for you to uh, make your way out here. So MLB Trade Rumors, and it's an interesting website. More than anything else, it's uh, they kind of aggregate information. Uh, they're very good at following everything that's going on from every baseball insider, and they, they put things together and then put together some opinion pieces. They, uh, they re-ranked the best free agents that are still out there and obviously there's a ton and i'm just the top seven number one jake arietta number two mike moustakis number three lance lynn number four greg holland number five alex cobb number six jonathan lucroy number seven neil walker now what's interesting is they then listed all the teams that it would make sense for those players to go to so I just listed seven players, the seven best remaining free agents that are out there. They listed the Brewers as a good fit for five of those individuals, and they listed the Brewers as the best fit for four. They list the Brewers as the best fit for uh, Jake Arietta. They do not list the Brewers on Moustakis, which makes sense. They list the Brewers as the best fit for the Brewers. They do not list them on Greg Holland. They list them as the best fit for um, for Alex Cobb. They list them, but not as the best fit on Jonathan Lucroy. Lucroy's not coming back to Milwaukee, I don't think. And then they list them as the best fit for Neil Walker. Now, obviously, some of those things affect the other. Like, if you... If you go out and get Jake Arietta or you go out and you get Lance Lynn, you're probably not the best fit. I know there's there's people out there who really believe that the Brewers are still going to sign or acquire two more starting pitchers. I don't agree with that. I'm not convinced they're going to acquire any. Uh, I, I, to me, I think they're fairly comfortable with the group that they have right now, and there's some solid competition that's going to take place involving uh, the back end of the bullpen. But no, I don't see a scenario where they go get Arietta and Cobb, or Lynn and Cobb, or Lynn and Arietta, whatever combination you want. But the other names, outside Jonathan Lucroy, I'm not going to go down the whole Jonathan Lucroy thing. I know Greg talked about it on Sports Central. It's just not going to happen. It's just the only scenario where I could see that even being considered is if there's some sort of devastating injury to Manny Pena. Outside of that happening, I don't see a scenario where they they consider bringing Jonathan Lucroy back. Watch him sign Lucroy tomorrow after I say that, but I just I don't see that scenario. But out of all those other guys, they, they do continue to make sense for the Brewers. The three pitchers continue to make sense. Neil Walker makes sense. And I don't know if they're going to be if they're going to end up with any of these guys. But I do find it I find it interesting. I find it noteworthy that here are the seven top free agents out there, 
in a year where there's still a lot. Of, this isn't your normal every year March 1st. This who's available right now on March 1st is more of an equivalent of generally who's available on like January 1st or maybe February 1st. There's there's so much high-level talent that's still out there. And here you have the Brewers being listed as the the most the most logical landing point for so many of these guys. And there's I know there's some insiders in there that have an have somewhat of an idea of what's going on, you know, behind the scenes with the Brewers on who they are thinking about and, and the money they're willing to spend. And I don't think this is a money issue. I don't think this is a money issue whatsoever. I I really think that David Stearns has the go ahead to spend some money and make some moves if it makes sense. They're not going to spend stupid money. They're not going to go and overpay for somebody. And some would say, well, they already overpaid for Lorenzo Cain. They really valued Cain, and they wanted him. They're not gonna. They're not gonna give this huge contract to a Jake Arrieta. You know, the kind of money that Jake Arrieta wanted when it, when he first became a free agent. I mean, his agent Scott Boris was was looking at you know plus two hundred million dollar contract for Jake Arrieta. And he was doing the thing where he was comparing Arietta to Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer. Yeah, and that's the kind of money they wanted at the beginning of the offseason. They're not going to get that money. They're definitely not going to get it from the Brewers. They're not going to get it, period. The best chance for the Brewers to probably sign any of these guys, especially from a pitching standpoint, is which of these guys are willing to take a much shorter deal, maybe a higher average value, but a much shorter deal, uh, kind of gambling on themselves with the idea that the market's going to circle back around and be more normal next year. Because at this point, uh, there's there's too many guys out there to be signing these big money deals. We've talked a lot about Neil Walker. He's probably just sitting there right now saying, is somebody going to get injured? Is a door going to open for me to walk through? Well, if no second baseman gets injured for a team that plans to contend this year during spring training, maybe Walker ends up back with the Brewers. It's just such a it's a, such a weird thing that here we are, Spring training's a couple weeks in, games are being played, yet quite honestly, who is still out there as a free agent continues to be just as compelling of a storyline as anything that's happening uh, down in Arizona outside of the whole Ryan Braun thing because that's just it just it doesn't add up right now. All right, so we'll take one more break. We'll come back, and we will wrap up this edition of Brewers Weekly. We are uh, live at the auto show at the Wisconsin Center. We're back to wrap things up next. This is Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Starting to wrap up this edition of Brewers Weekly here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. Our uh, broadcast schedule coming up, uh, we're, we've had a bunch of games. Had uh, the game on earlier today over the course of the next week uh, when you can find the Brewers on the radio. Well, both Saturday and Sunday's game on Saturday, they'll be back at Talking Stick where they were at earlier today as they will play uh, at Colorado. That's going to be a 2 o'clock broadcast on Sunday, they'll be at home against Cleveland. That's going to be a 155 broadcast on Sunday. And then on Thursday, a week from today, they're going to be at home against the Diamondbacks. And that's going to be a 155 broadcast. So uh, those are the broadcasts that we have uh, coming up here over the uh, the next week or so for uh, you to get the chance to, uh, to listen to Brewers on the radio, which is always a very, very good thing. Uh, Wade Miley has appeared in a couple games. 
games now in spring. In four and a third innings, he has given up just four hits. He has not given up a run, seven strikeouts, and he has not walked anybody yet. He's one of the more interesting guys for me at this point. You know, he's a veteran. He's had a fair amount of success in his career. Didn't have an especially good last year, but evidently he worked really, really, really hard during the offseason to try to put himself in the best possible position for once he found himself a job. And he got a job, and he's, he's fighting for a job now. I'm a big believer that competition always makes everybody better. That's why I'm not... There's a lot of people out there that really are. I think the Brewers need to be in desperation mode in terms of getting an Arietta, a Lynn, or a Cobb. I'm I'm kind of interested to see how this competition with with everybody with Brent Suter and Giovanni Gallardo and Wade Miley and Brandon uh, Brandon Woodruff and I'm, 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 uh, Junior Guerra how it's all going to work out. And that's a lot of guys for two spots. And I guess you could make the argument if you bring one more in guy in, well, then that's a lot of guys for one spot. It should make things even tougher. But it, look, this is this is a uh, this is a good place to be in right now because here you have Wade Miley, who's been a big league pitcher for a nice long time, and he's competing for a job. And how that all plays out, and whether or not he's able to continue to pitch well. Uh, to me, I think he's got a really good chance of being a starting pitcher in the rotation. And there's always the chance that you know maybe he doesn't make the club out of uh, out of spring. He goes down to AAA, and he's there if somebody falters. If you know if you do have a Giovanni Gallardo, if you do have a Junior Guerra who ends up in the starting rotation and it doesn't go well for one of those guys, then you have a Wade Miley just sitting there ready to uh, step into the rotation. That's a that's a good position to be in as well. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Brewers Weekly. Thanks to the folks here at the Auto Show for uh, having us. I've certainly uh, enjoyed it. And uh, also don't forget uh, on the WTMJ Mobile Podcast Network, we've got the extra running podcast that comes out to every Sunday night and more chance for you to hear uh, Brewers talk. But for now, that's going to do it. We'll talk to you again soon on WTMJ.